If your life is harder, does that mean God sees you as stronger? Well, we'll answer that great question and others next on Ask. Hey, welcome once again to Ask, where you give us questions and I answer them. I'm Pastor Jamie here at Cornerstone. So you can ask questions about life, the Bible, faith, anything else under the sun, as Solomon would say. We need your questions. So go to cornerstonebv.org, click media, drop down, ask, leave your question in that drop down. Um, so, all right, well, let's get into the questions that we have for this week. So first, um, I've heard the saying, God gives the strongest soldiers the toughest battles. That's the quote. Is this biblical? So first of all, no, I would say that it's not biblical. Let's, let's read what Paul said in the letter of Corinthians. This is in chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I could see where someone might get the strongest soldier facing toughest battles quote from this. If, if God doesn't allow uh, any one of you to be overtaken by your temptations, then if you have more severe tests than another person, maybe God sees you as stronger, right? Nope. And the key is in the verse when it says God is faithful. God provides the way of escape, not you. God is not a general at war looking to promote his best generals who are the toughest. He allows you and I to go through things, trials and temptations for lots of different reasons. I'm, I'm sure there's many, but the main thing the trial does for us is it draws us closer to trusting God. The tougher the test, the more we need to rely on God. And when we see him prove to be faithful, we then trust him even more in the future. So the reason this question is so important is that if you are not careful, you will think God is calling you to get through it on your own strength. No way, not at all. He wants you to come to an end of yourself and rely on his strength. All right, second question. Why is the story of Balaam's donkey in the Bible? Well, I always smile when I get questions like this and I get a lot. Um, the real answer is because God wants it there. <laughs> Why are you asking me? Ask him. Um, but the second answer is because it is such a cool and fun story. It gives me as a pastor something to say when someone asks why to bother reading the book of Numbers in the Old Testament. Anyway, for those of you who need a refresher, the story of Balaam's donkey is found in Numbers chapter 22. So what happened was the king of Moab, he's terrified of the Israelites and he sends people of his to pay off a false prophet named Balaam who would uh, have gladly done it, by the way. But Balaam is told by God, no way. He is not to go with them to pronounce that curse that the king wants. So then the king sends more people with even more money. But again, God says to uh, Balaam, no. And, and Balaam asks if he can go with them. And he says, okay, so Balaam goes. But the Lord then gets angry and sends his angel with this awesome sword. Balaam can't see the angel but his donkey does and refuses to keep going, Balaam gets angry with the donkey and beats it. God allows the donkey to speak and then reveals to Balaam that the donkey actually saved his butt. So first reason we see in this story is that Balaam is dumber than a donkey. But why did the Lord tell him that he could uh, go when it's obvious the Lord did not want him to, right? That's the question. And ultimately, we really don't know, but there's probably a couple of reasons at least. First, the Lord knew Balaam's heart, and he probably knew he was up to no good. Secondly, the Lord had already given him the answer the first time and was angry that Balaam kept pressing the issue. Well, Balaam does go, 
and he listens to God and he gives an actual prophecy to the king and the king does not like it at all. Balaam would later show his true colors and betray Israel. So don't feel so bad for him in this story. So what do we get out of the story? Why is it in the Bible? Well, first, number one, God is in charge. No matter how powerful or rich the enemy, don't fear man, fear God. Secondly, there will always be someone willing to tell you what you want to hear for enough money. It's a tale as old as time. Recently, I heard Francis Chan, a pastor, talk about a committee who was looking for speakers for their big Christian conference. They asked Chan for leads on movie stars, athletes, people who wouldn't, you know, be, be kind of cool but not be too in your face. And Chan cautioned them and he said that such a strategy meant they would never hire someone like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel. So if you're a Christian, make sure the people you are listening to and following are biblical and that what they say uh, actually does rub you the wrong way at times. It should hurt sometimes, not just tickle your ears for cash and popularity. Anyway, those are two reasons I can think of, but I'm sure there are more. Besides, Balaam, great story and a lot of fun. Okay, so last one, and real quick, to close it out in this edition of Ask is, who wrote the book of Hebrews? Well, my short answer for you is that we simply don't know. Traditionally, the church ascribed it to the Apostle Paul, but that was most likely because they really wanted it to be, you know, legitimized in, in, in Scripture because it was so important. However, the author never identifies himself like Paul usually does, and those uh, who are experts in Greek have thrown this idea out long ago. The Greek is simply too good. The writer of Hebrews was much better at using words in Greek than Paul. Other theories have been thrown out, like was it Barnabas, Paul's companion, or Apollos, the great speaker? Those are just guesses. What we do know, though, is that Hebrews was widely distributed and accepted in the first century church. The apostles knew about it, they validated it. The early, earliest church fathers, right at the second generation, quoted Hebrews as well. So you can trust it based on all the criteria we use for books to be welcomed into the biblical canon. Great questions this week, thank you. So make sure you go to cornerstonebb.org and ask questions to see in, in uh, future episodes. In the meantime, God bless you. We will hopefully see you at one of our three gatherings this weekend as we continue Ecclesiastes. Join us Saturday at 5, Sunday at 9, Sunday at 11. Love to see you there. God bless.